0: Pretzels and...
1: Ronananian. How complicated can it be? Gee, it's one of the good old days cars, right? It's from 30 years ago. Those cars didn't have crazy problems.
0: Just fill your basket full of sandwiches and weenies. Then lock the house up.
1: Now you set the car doctor. There's a photo cell amplifier that sits at the bottom of the rear view mirror and that actually has the ability to see the brightness of the oncoming lights and help make a determination on whether or not to turn the high beams on or off. Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, the car doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855 560 9900. You wish that summer
0: could always be here.
1: And now, he. Welcome, Ron Anini and the Car Doctor here as always, 855-560-9900 to answer your questions and problems, whatever you've got going on with your automobile. The Car Doctor's on call right now. Pick up the phone, eight five 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 six zero nine nine zero zero 560 9900 More information, looking for more information about this radio show, cardoctorshow.com. Find links there to tune in, iHeart, iTunes.com. If you need me during the week, it's Ron at cardoctorshow.com. Get out to our Facebook page, like us. And if you're thinking you want to look like the car doctor, get out to eBay and get a car doctor T-shirt. 500 years from now, if history is to be the judge of anything, and I think of it like this, I I, I look at the way the world is today and in, in, in terms of how I evaluate things, and I look back 200 years and say, what was it like for them, and how did they think, and how did it work, and so on. How were people constructed, and what were they made of? If, if... Wait, well, I gotta kill an ant here in the studio, folks. Wait a minute. Got it. Get out of here. Okay. Son of a gun. Welcome to the days of summer. Got it. Yeesh. Haven't seen that in twenty years. We were on we really? were on yeah, we were on Air WFAS white Plains. I remember that, and there was a spider in the studio and uh And you weren't you weren't like hanging from the ceiling at that point? No, wait a minute. Let me get it. Hang on a second, folks. Here's a here's a car doctor first. Okay, got him. All right, good. Now that we got that out of the way. Uh only in America, right? My point was, as we, uh, hey, it's live radio, anything can happen. It, my point was, here's what happened. I came home the other night, and it was sitting at the dinner table, and they said, so how was your day? And I said, you know, i got this really crazy story. And I said, I think this is how we're going to be judged. I said, I think this is how society looks at us 500 years from now. I think the automobile is such a converter in terms of how we look at ourselves and how society looks at us and and what it does it, it's 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 actually this unique it's like a catalytic converter right it it changes the way people look at things and it i think it erases common sense in some cases from our potential collective memory new customer calls the shop calls arroyo automotive 2007 nissan frontier pickup truck it's got 150000 plus miles on it He's been working on it for seven months since the dealer told him it needed an engine, but he's got the answers and a better solution. And his friend, who's a customer, said, you got to go talk to Ron. He'll, He'll set you on the straight and narrow. It's got an intermittent miss. It was in the dealer back in October because the engine was out of oil, the check engine light was on, it had catalytic converter faults. Now the brakes feel bad. There's a vibration. There's just a list of progressive system failures and shutdowns that are occurring. He didn't like my answer when I said, you know, listen, I'll do it. I'll do an evaluation. It's 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 two hundred and twenty-eight dollars. We'll go through the truck front and back, we'll give you some diagnosis, we'll 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 tell you what's going on. And the conversation goes back and forth, and you know, he's gonna do this and he wants to do that, and let's put spark plugs in it, and let's put wires on it, which I told him was a pretty good trick because it doesn't have wires, it's a coil on plug car, but that's okay. You can throw spark plug wires at it all day long if you want, it's up to you, it's your money. And this is how I know know history is going to look at us 500 years from now and go, they were all nuts. So his rationale is, well, he stopped by the shop and we were talking and, you know, I said, Tony, I said, one of us has to be the mechanic. You want to run this job your way. I've decided I'm going to be the mechanic. That's what I do for a living. Let me be the mechanic. Let me tell you what to do with the truck. You could see the collision in his brain, uh, okay, yeah, you're right. So what do you think I should do? I think you should go buy a new vehicle. Why is that? Because you've got an 11-year-old or a 10-year-old, depending on when it was bought, vehicle with 150,000-plus miles on it. The engine ran out of oil in October. Yeah, but it hasn't run out of oil since. So the logic here is that draining all the blood out of your body once is okay, as long as it doesn't happen again, because... What could possibly have run out of lubrication with a dry engine that it was so low on oil that it almost seized and set? Here's, here's the best line of all. Well, I was thinking of doing spark plugs to it because, you know, I've been driving it for all these past 10, 11 years, and I haven't done any maintenance to it, so I thought maybe you could use some. Oh! The bottom line becomes the maintenance should have been done for the past 10 years. You wouldn't be in the situation that you're in. And here's how I know it needs an engine. When they run out of oil, the Nissans have a nasty habit of varnishing the rings because the oil changes aren't done on a regular basis. Varnished rings, oil consumption. Oil consumption, the catalytic converters get coated. Within a short period of time, maybe three months, maybe six months, maybe a year, but whatever, it happens. He had the death code, P0420, P0430, catalytic converter efficiency, meaning the substrate material the catalytic converter is made of Based on the oil consumption issue, because there are no major leaks, the cats are now coated. You can put an engine in this all day long. It's still not going to fix the cats. And he looked at me. You think so? No, I'm guessing. I've been doing this 43 years. I really don't know what I'm talking about. And I'm a complete idiot. Well, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe I'm right? I said, let's look at it like this. It needs an engine. That's seven grand. It needs brake work. Let's call it two grand. Let's say we're going to do, you know, major hydraulic work. Let's say two grand. We added up a bill of what we thought was wrong with the truck. Without even looking at it, I was twelve to $15,000. He said, yeah, that's what the dealer told me. Okay. but But I haven't done any maintenance to it. I don't understand why it's broken. The sad part is he's probably going to vote come November. And that is the problem. And that is the mark on society today of what's wrong. Where is the common sense? So I want you to think about where's your common sense? Do you really look at a car objectively? Or are, are you just praying and hoping? You know, what's that song, Winging a Prayer? Are you out there on a wing and a prayer? Are you just hoping, even though you're not maintaining the car, it's going to keep going? Are you going to be like Tony? Are you going to have that 10-year-old car that now it's good for nothing but a flower pot, or landfill or a boat anchor, depending upon the size of the ship? And that's the common sense that seems to be missing. Regular scheduled maintenance is still the best and only ally in keeping the car going for the distance. You know, I, I received a couple of emails, and maybe I'll dig them out. It was a great emails the last couple of weeks about, been listening to you for a while. Even before that, though, I knew maintenance was the key. And I'm, I'm summarizing. And it was all, my car's got 328,000 miles on it, and it hasn't burned a drop of oil and it doesn't owe me a dime and it's, you know, 18 years old and where's where, great. You know what? All makes sense to me. I think it sort of comes down to this the logic of auto repair and why people think it should be either non existent or cheaper escapes me. But I guess the one that sums it up the best is when the person is standing at the counter asking, why is it $400 to put brakes on their $50,000 car, and they've got that $7 cup of Starbucks in their hand. But they're concerned about the cost of repairing the vehicle that took them to the store to buy that Starbucks. There's not a lot of common sense left in the world, and it's getting shorter in supply each and every day. Hello and welcome. If you're still there and still listening and still hanging on, I thank you. Ron and Amy and The Car Doctor at your service. The number is 855-560-9900. We have got an interview-free hour, interview-free show this week. Uh, from what I understand. So we're going to be taking questions and answering them, and I'll return right after this to open up the phones. Stay tuned. (laughs) Catch me if you can. Hey, welcome back. Ron Naneen, the car doctor here. You know, uh, just a quick note on the passing of the greatest. Muhammad Ali really was. I remember as a kid, um, I remember the night of the Joe Frazier-Muhammad Ali fight and lying in bed listening to the fight on radio under the covers. And what a time that was. It was just, I didn't understand the significance of it. And I didn't understand really what he was all about at the time. Um, I may not have necessarily agreed with his politics, but I don't take away his ability as an athlete and what he did in the ring. And he really was the greatest at a time when the champion of the world really was the champion of the world. And it's funny, you know, since it's no more Muhammad Ali, since it's no more Joe Frazier's, since it's no more that era, uh, I couldn't even tell you who the heavyweight champion of the world is. It it doesn't seem to be that type of sport anymore. I don't know if that's the correct way to, to say it. And what better? What was better than Muhammad Ali and Howard Cosell arguing uh, around the ring? And His uh,
2: poetry with Liberace playing the piano.
1: Is there? Yeah, okay. you can we want to we, hear that? Yeah, can we hear that real quick?
0: Ladies and gentlemen, for those of you out there who won't be able to see the Clay Liston fight, here is the eighth round, exactly as it will happen. Ah, he
1: <laughs> did it. Did go Clay comes this out way? To
0: meet Liston, and Liston yeah. starts to retreat. If Liston goes back an inch farther, he'll end up in a rainside side seat. Clay swings with a left, Clay swings with a right. Look at young Cassius carry the fight. Liston keeps backing, but there's not enough room. It's a matter of time. Air er, Clay lowers the boom. Now Clay lands with a right. What a beautiful swing. And the punch raises the bear clear out of the ring. Liston is the horizon, and the ref wears a crown for he can't start counting till sunny comes down. (laughs) Now listen, disappears from view. The crowd is getting frantic, but our radar stations have picked him up. He's somewhere over the Atlantic. (laughs) Who would have thought when they came to the fight that they'd witnessed the launching of a human satellite? (laughs) Yes, the crowd did not dream when they laid down their money that they would see a total eclipse
3: of the
1: sun. yeah and that was you know that's that's muhammad ali right that's that's who he was and what he was but um, the original rapper the original rapper he he created a whole new era. well there's that one song that's uh uh that you don't recognize and see if you can pick it out this hour i think we're using it in the bumper music coming
2: out of the uh, bottom hour break
1: coming out of the bottom hour break and it's a song and it's actually cassius clay muhammad ali muhammad ali singing it Um, interesting but anyway let's get back to the business of fixing cars thank you for that tom and um, uh, may is you know our condolences to his family by the way to ali's family and uh, may he rest in peace Uh, let's go over and talk to micah portland maine micah welcome to the car doctor sir and uh, no it's not a sports show we were just paying a little homage there and uh it's always about sports Uh, to a degree it is right auto repair is a sport i think (laughs) it's just not as competitive as we make it out that it should be so what's going on today kid
3: well, not wanting to turn into the guy in your monologue because uh, I might get a knockout punch that way. Ooh, um, I good. I want to find—not—not not bad, huh? That's good. Um, I've got a got a 2015 Subaru Legacy, very low mileage. I only drive it around town. It's only got about 7,500 miles on it. Had the second oil change after, you know, every six months I do it because Ron and Anian taught me to make sure that I get that taken care of. Uh, Micah, do you know we had a,
1: Micah, we had a, we had a, uh, it's funny you bring this up because sometimes I think I'm, I'm like a zealot and just nuts. But we had a new customer come in yesterday, just in from the Volkswagen dealer, three-year-old Volkswagen. She's in for her annual oil change. And we said, what do you mean annual? She says, well, the dealer does the oil change once a year, regardless of how many miles I go. And we were just like, huh? Oh, yeah, you only need to change the oil on a Volkswagen once a year. And I, I just found that so amazing that that they thought like that. and We explained the ramifications of it to her, showed her some test results, showed her some data, and she's on the bandwagon now. She gets it once every six months, you know, because she's only going, I think she goes five, 6,000 miles a year. But she understands the issues with condensation, so... Yeah, this 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 never-change-the-oil thing is really starting to have an effect on people, and I think it's skewing their thinking. Go ahead, Mike. I'm sorry to interrupt you.
3: Yeah, well, it, you know, it's absolutely crazy. You know, I kept my last vehicle, a Nissan Murano. I had a 12-2003. I just got rid of it. 12 years old, and I only got rid of it because the bottom of it was rusting out. Right. Otherwise, it was in great shape. Right. So right. what can you do? Yeah. But the question is this. You've always recommended uh, CRC One Tank Power Renew or something like that. Now, with only 7,500 miles in the car, and I am going to be taking a trip down to DC, that would be the time to put it in. But I don't know if I should, because I certainly don't want to overdo anything. Or if there's something else you'd recommend?
1: I don't think you can overdo fuel system maintenance, and I don't think it's—I don't think it's ever too early to start. And, and, and my my thinking has changed in the last two years because of the way the blends of gasoline are going and the reports I'm reading. And in terms of what to put in, my thinking is changing also. There's another product on the marketplace that we're just starting to see information on from a company called Berryman. If you get out to Berryman Products, B-E-R-R-Y, BerrymanProducts.com. They've only been around since 1918, so they're just youngsters at this. They're just getting started. But the the interesting thing about Berryman is they have a, a... sense of company that they use something called HEST, high energy solvent technology All right, and what's interesting about Berryman is this HEST, this high energy solvent technology they're not watering things down they're not diluting things down, they're taking it to the maximum allowable level for the best possible effect on the vehicle or the component and they have a slew of products, they have fuel system cleaners, they have degreasers, they have a bunch of things out there, Berryman does Their Berryman Carburetor Fuel System Cleaner has been rated recently one of the best for not just dissolving gum, varnish, and all the other stuff that's in fuel systems, but here's the one that I think they excel at over everybody else from what I'm reading in terms of the contents of the material. They disperse moisture, and moisture is still a problem in a 2015 Subaru, in a 2002 Subaru, in a 2017 whatever. You get what I'm saying? So, yeah. you know, it's it's you know what? And here's the best part. You can get out and get it online at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Uh, I, I happen to know for a fact O'Reilly sells it. If you go to the Berryman products dot com web you can see, um, you know, where to buy. And O'Reilly is listed right up there at the top so you can get it online. What could be easier? Uh good well, stuff I got an O'Reilly product.
3: Auto Parts around the corner fr- I, I got an O'Reilly Auto Parts around the corner from me so I can stop in there and pick it up yeah, I'm assuming and pick or will get there. it for
1: yep, me. Yep, absolutely. But take a look at that if you start reading the reports on that. Um, I think that's going to displace if it hasn't already displaced CRC in my mind in terms of what to use in terms of product. So uh, take a look at that and um, use that on your trip down to Washington. All right, Michael. Even
3: though it says even though it says carburetor, it's okay for fuel injection?
1: Shows the It, it actually says carburetor fuel system and injector cleaner. It, it,
3: that's great. And it, how often should somebody do that? Once
1: a year, every six months? Uh, I like every six months, every three months if the pocketbook can afford it. Um, I think that's a fair question, too. I should answer by saying I haven't really talked to Berryman yet to talk about repeatability. I like to do a fuel system cleaner at least twice a year because i don't want to let residue start to build up because that's when issues start to arise but i'll tell you what i'll do some research you try some barryman you call me back tell me how the car is running and i'll give you some better answers in a month or so all right thanks mike thanks ron you're very welcome you take good care i'm on any in the car doctor we are back right after this the cardock. That's 1963, I think. Right? Cassius Clay singing that? That's crazy. I can't believe that. And uh, we had a phone glitch. The phones are back up. Let's see how long. Let's see. We had ants at the first top of the hour. Then the phones blew up. Let's see what else can go on and go wrong. Hey, at yeah. least the
2: ants weren't in your pants. Well, you know? it's,
1: you know, it's, um, you know, it's amazing what goes on behind the scenes of live radio. And people listen to the show, and they say, wow, it just seems to go on without any effort. Nothing goes wrong. If they could see what we're doing during the (laughs) break. Right. It's just crazy. So anyway, I think there's a call on line one. Can we go over and see if Ed is there? Ed, are you there from North Carolina?
3: Yes. Hey, Ron. How how are you doing this afternoon?
1: How are you? Good, 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 good. What's going
4: on? Well, I've got two issues. I've got a 1997 Jeep TJ Wrangler. And uh, the first thing, it's it's a Dana 30 front axle. And I changed out the axles because um, I, I was having I wanted to get rid of that dana thirty five which is just ready to blow up at any time on the trail right. when you rock yep, climbing sure um, so when I did the front axle the the front ball joints were shot, so I got the tool and tried to pull out the uh, ball joint and it came out fairly easy, but it was it was kind of rusty uh, when I went to press the new ones in it fell they on. went in way too easy, right. And uh, actually, putting them in, one just dropped out. Okay. Um, is okay. that okay? Is the way they're mounted? Does that hold it all together, or do I got do I have a problem?
1: No, nah, I think you have a problem because if it's loose and rocking, is it is it you know if you can just drop it in and out, it's just going to move around and and start to spread even farther. So you know, this is just like anything. If we're pressing ball joints. In anything, a lower control arm, an A frame, anything—it's it, it, got to be a press fit because you don't want it to walk its way around. It's going to wiggle and jiggle and eventually spread over time and create a bigger issue. So, can, uh, well, yeah. Can you I weld
4: just weld it in? No, I was going to do a tap on the top on both sides.
1: You can try it. I'll say it like this: You can try it. I would keep a very close eye on it. All right. Is this strictly an off-road vehicle, or is this the day-to-day driver that you take off-road on the weekend?
4: It's just a an off-road driver that I that I drive off-road to go to the trails and go rock climbing. Okay. But um, it, it, it's not a I ha- it's not a daily driver okay. by any stretch. You marriage. know.
1: Then yeah, let's you know let's do one of two things. Let's let's tack weld it in place, or is there a way to make a sleeve? Get a little machine work going here make a sleeve that if you... The thing that we're going to have to think about is how would we make a sleeve to mount the ball joint in without affecting the height that the ball joint sits to in relation to the spindle? In other words, some type of a collar that perhaps you could press the ball joint into and then weld that collar to the axle.
4: It's, it's not even that loose. It is It's pretty much... Right on the verge. There's there's no possible way to fit any material in there. Okay. I mean, literally, if I put a piece of tin foil in there, it'd probably be thick enough.
1: Okay. Then let's try so, let's try welding it and watching it, and, yeah, and, and, so and just see just what happens.
4: Like two taps on either side yeah, of the top.
1: How about four? Let's be four. Let's yeah. Okay. Let's go. Let's go. You know. Let's go around the clock. You know. Twelve, three, six, and nine, and that's overkill.
4: And do you, do I have to worry about uh, melting anything? Or
1: you're going to be quick when you when. Yeah. Yeah. You're not gonna know until you try.
4: Okay. Well I'll mm-hmm. give that a shot. You know, because and depending
1: so, depending upon whose ball joint is 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 there. It's a moog. It's a moog. Moog's pretty good stuff. It it'll yeah. it'll, it'll take the biggest beating uh, that I've seen. Um, I would obviously okay. take the rubber boot off when you do it. Um, okay. are these do these have are these the ones with the rubber boot comes off or are these the newer style where the boot is actually molded into and part of the joint itself? Newer style. Yeah, I was afraid of that. Why don't you call Moog and talk to them. Ask them what's inside that ball joint in terms of yeah. how much heat will it take. Uh,
4: well, I, it's all back together. The, the, the axles are back together and back on. I think I might just tap them, and then if something – and I'll keep an eye on it. i got a big 35-inch tire, so I'm always looking at the uh, – Suspension Making sure there's anyway. no
1: wiggle room. Right. right. I mean, you know, we could also, you know, feel how the ball joint is now. Weld it. If nothing changed, hey, you got away with it. Uh, yeah, you that's know, what I'm hoping. Maybe, maybe put a wet towel or somehow keep it wet on one side of the joint to keep the temperature down, but not that the towel catches fire, which I've I've, I've done that, too. Um, that's always an exciting moment in the shop. So If you're uh, not
4: starting fires and not having enough fun. Well,
1: that's, there is that theory. I've heard that before. That's the excuse <laughs> I always give. Hey, if I haven't set the place on fire at least once a month. Um, so what's the second question?
4: So the second question, uh, essentially, again, Jeep TJ – the Dana 35s are just so weak. Um, going out the trail, I want to have a good time, but I don't want to blow up the rear axle, and they're just ticking time bombs when you're really abusing them off-road, especially with big 35-inch tires. Okay. So uh, I got a hold of a Ford 8.8 uh, rear axle off of an Explorer. Uh, got an Artec truss kit, so truss it trussed up, welded it all in, welded in the axle tube, so all that's nice and firm. However... There's always a the however. Re- yeah. Yeah. It's just the rear axle, it's, it's not an ABS axle. My, my Jeep is an ABS Jeep. The front axle has ABS. Uh, even if I, I could find ABS for the rear, but what I found out, the Ford ABS tone ring is completely different from the Chrysler ABS tone rings and signals. And they just don't. They're just not compatible. Right. They,
1: it's like it's like it's like trying to speak English and Chinese in the same sentence.
4: Exactly. Right. So I guess my question is: Is it possible to have just the front ABS working without the back?
1: No, because you'd have to substitute uh, the signals that the onboard computer sees. You know, you, you can't defeat the programming. Without without getting into the software level of the processor?
4: Not going to do that. No. So
1: so now you're so going to disable the ABS, which you've already disabled the ABS. If the ABS light's still working on the dashboard, it's lit up, right?
4: Uh, I haven't even got to that point. I'm still doing the axles. What I've done so far is I've pulled the, all the ABS wiring out, uh, unplugged it all, and then when I was reading, they said the next thing to do is to pull the ABS relay out of, the uh, under her, fuse box. Under her junction box, and under her ha- fuse box. Yeah. yeah. And then you have to pull out the light that's in the ABS sensor. And that should do it is what I'm reading.
1: Well, if you just dis- if you just disconnect the ABS controller or disable the relay, that's going to kill it right there. All right. Are those
4: yeah. two of the same things?
1: Uh, well, the relay uh, is a separate item. There's got to be something that powers up the controller. All right? Okay. Or let me say it. Let me say it like this: We had a we had a car in the shop this week. We did brakes on, and we knew this going in, and we knew it coming out. The vehicle had a false ABS event, meaning that when you when you approached anything less than ten miles an hour, you would get that mm-hmm. out of the brake pedal as it slowed down because there was a, there was an imbalance in one of the ABS sensors or the way the computer interpreted wheel speed. So it it it, thought, it, it sees an imbalance in that as as an as. Uh, a a wheel slipping, a wheel lockup, so it it starts to apply and give an ABS event. You've you've already bypassed that. If you've got no ABS sensors in the rear and you left the system as it sits, the computer is going to see that as there's an error in the system and it will disable the system automatically, set a fault code for probably rear ABS sensor circuits, turn on the ABS light letting you know there's a fault in the system, and you'll just have regular manual brakes. So how far apart you want to take this to disable it is really up to you at this point. I would tell you to drive it and see what happens, but I can almost guarantee you you're just going to have regular mechanical functioning brakes, everything else being equal.
4: And from what I understand, the 97 TJZ ABS didn't work well anyway the whole time. I've had it even on the trail in the mud. Sliding down a hill, the ABS never really worked.
1: Well, and I don't know that you, you know. Do you really need ABS if you're out trail riding with it? Is there an advantage to it? And I'm not saying there uh, is or isn't. I'm not a trail rider that I would know the difference.
4: Uh, so far, I haven't seen any reason for it. And
1: you know, there, there's but, only there's only one other thought I've got on it, and I I I'll, I'll tell you the story. A friend of mine has a late model Rubicon, and John just got done installing a Chevy LS1 motor in his Rubicon, all right? We're having breakfast one day, and we're talking about it. And it didn't dawn on me until I heard him talk about how the check engine light's working and all the other things that go with that. And I said, how'd you accomplish that? There's a guy in Las Vegas, and we're actually trying to get a hold of this gentleman out in Las Vegas. He's got a website called L.S. Ranger. See, I think that's wrong. I think it's supposed to be L.S. Wrangler.com. But his website, the way we got the information, was L S W R A N G E R lsranger.com, and it's a company called Motec, and he's supposed to make a bunch of wiring harness conversions. And when I asked John how'd you do the Rubicon, he said, "Hey, I told him what I was installing, and he made me a wiring harness." So hmm. you know, you would probably have to either convert to make the back ABS Jeep ABS or the front ABS Ford ABS to make something match here at either end. But if you need a wiring harness made, it might pay for you to call this guy and pick his brain. Has he ever had to do something like that?
4: Yeah, that sounds good. The problem is the Ford ABS works off of a tone ring in the center diff. right? And the uh, Chrysler's work off the individual uh, wheels, so you you can't combine them. Right.
1: I think one's a digital signal and one's an analog signal Mm. is, is what it comes down to. So you might have to, again, depending upon how hard you want to pursue this, Maybe maybe just put some tone rings on the outer ends of the axle somewhere and mount your own, make your own ABS sensors. Uh, well, but, I, don't, I right.
4: don't think I'm going to probably go to that level.
1: And it may not be necessary, but just to let you know, there are there are things out there if you want a wiring harness made In in terms of I'm sure there's a way to do this. I'm sure you're not the first guy trying to tackle it. <laughs>
4: I bet. Yeah. So Ron, thank you so much. I really appreciate it and enjoy your show.
1: You're very welcome, sir. Glad to catch you among the Car Doctor Nation and uh, good luck to you. I'm Ron Anany and in the Car Doctor, 855 560 9900. Hey, you know what's coming up next? Our Facebook Car Doctor t shirt giveaway this week. So uh, stay tuned for that. I'm Ron and and I'll be back right after this. Get your- Welcome back, Ronanini and The Car Doctor. You know, this is fast becoming my favorite part of the show as we uh, get to do your questions, your Q&A from Facebook. And uh, the way this works is if you get out to The Car Doctor Facebook page, like the page, ask a question, we pick your question, we will be glad to send you a Car Doctor T-shirt. Now, if you can't wait in the hopes and dreams that we somehow pick your question and do it that way, you can also get out to eBay. We've made Car Doctor T-shirts available for sale up there, and you can just get out to eBay and search Ronanini or Car Doctor T or wherever you want to do it. And they'll buy a t-shirt, and you know what? I got to point out there, just in time for Father's Day, Dad, or maybe the the mom who's the dad might like uh, a t-shirt this year. So uh, think about it like that, Mister Ray.
2: Yes.
1: Do you have a question for me?
2: Um, yes. Why is the Earth round? No. Uh- <laughs> uh, well, well. We have a question here from the official.
1: The Earth is round. Roninian
2: Facebook page. Cool. What do you got? Uh, Ron, I have a, this is from Ashley Stroud in Richlands, North Carolina. And she says, Ron, I have a 98 Chevrolet C1500 5.0 V8 with 255,000 miles on it. So it's just broken in. Uh, it's an excellent condition. And I'm curious as to your thoughts on upgrading to aftermarket LED headlamp bulbs. I have LEDs almost everywhere. There was an incandescent bulb on the truck. The headlights are the last bulb upgrade I want.
1: I'll tell you what, Ashley. And Ashley, I think Ashley's a guy, by the way. I think I think Ashley. Really? Ashley's well, a, I, I yeah. apologize if Ashley yeah. is a guy. I'm not sure, but I think that's a. I think that could be either. That's one of those either ors. That's like Ron or Ronnie. They see I'm a Ron, so I know if you're that's Ronnie, true. it's a girl. If you're Ron, it's but whatever. Yeah, or, or, uh, we or, don't, or we don't.
2: Or, care. or my neighbors across the street from me, Pat and Patty.
1: Right. So we don't care whatever you are, whatever you wanted though. Uh, we got a car question. We're your guys. Um, I like LEDs. Ashley, and I have to say that, you know, my attitudes towards LEDs have changed a lot over the past couple of years because the technology has gotten much, much better. And the only caution I would give to you is just be certain of the quality of whatever kit you want to put on and also make sure, I'm assuming that when you're going to do LED headlights, you're going to replace the entire headlamp assembly and not just install existing LEDs into your, I'm sorry, install LEDs into your existing headlamp assemblies all right, there I would have a problem because depending upon the age, here's a 98 with a quarter million miles on it, what kind of shape are those headlight lenses in? So I have no problems doing LEDs. Look at the consistency or the terms of the quality. You know, the LED lights we're using in the shop now are really dramatically better. And they've just, it's amazing how bright those lights are. I just picked up a small little flat, led probably the better part of eight to ten inches long and it gets into these real tight places and it's it's not hot and you it's it's very bright and the batteries last three hours on a recharge so you know what leds on the truck if you're certain of the quality and what it is that you're going to do then by all means i would tell you to go ahead and uh, replace them i think that's a win-win situation once you give us a right back let us know on facebook and uh Let us know what you come up with and uh, how well you like it. So, thanks for the question, Ashley. And uh, if you send us your information, we'd be glad to send you out a Car Doctor t shirt. And if you would want, get your own Car Doctor t shirt, get out to eBay because you'll find it there. I'm Ron and Andy and the Car Doctor. We are back right after this. Ron in The Car Doctor. By the way, I just want to uh, put a, a caveat on that last conversation about LED headlamps. In Ashley's case, it was a 98 Chevy pickup. If it's a newer vehicle and you're doing an LED he- headlamp conversion, there may be some computer uh, complications because of the ability to sense bulbs out and we've seen this already on some of the Toyotas and, and Cor- uh, Corollas and Camrys and things like that. So just be aware uh, before you just do a, an LED conversion blindly. Uh, I just want to touch on this. I know I've got less than a minute. Let me see if I can squeeze this in. From Steve Cook in Cincinnati. Steve was talking recently. He wrote me a real nice letter, and I'll talk about this again in the coming weeks. He, he wants to put in his two cents on the issue of manu- access to manufacturer service information. He says he points out the manufacturers are trying to squeeze the independent repair facility out of business. Vehicles built today are built better than ever before. The dealers are starting Starting to suffer as you pointed out at some point in time the manufacturers are likely to reduce the number of dealerships again stop right there do you know what i found out this week real quick that toyota dealers have to go through they have to be revisited every two to five years i think it was every two years in some cases five and others to see if they qualify to continue to be a toyota dealer again based on their service i was astounded by that and it just shows you the kind of competitiveness the manufacturers are creating. I'm Ron Annie in the Car Doctor. The mechanics aren't expensive; they're priceless. See ya. Everyone.